welcome everyone to the Obstacle Races New Zealand podcast. And today on the show, we interview Hania Aitken. Yeah, no, it was an interesting chat. You weren't able to join me, but I had a, a good chat with Hannah, and um, she's a mother of four, a firefighter, Zena clothing ambassador. She competed in the Spartan Australian Teams event on the telly a couple of years back. She's competed four Spartan races, uh, the one in Auckland and three over in Australia. And she works at the Blue Mountain Adventure Centre in the centre of the North Island. So very passionate about uh, obstacle racing, uh, very new to it, but um, certainly sounds like she wants to uh, do a lot more of it um, going forward. Yeah, it's a good interview. I didn't make it to join you for it, um, but I listened back to it recently and it's good. Um, yeah, she's yeah. quite well spoken and has some interesting thoughts and definitely, yeah, been exposed to she's done different races and she has some good ideas about, um, you know, what she wants to see happen and about the sport and yeah, it's good. Mm. Good episode. So um, a couple of other things that have happened recently, we've had a few races and uh, you got to go around to the Alpha Challenge in uh, in Monica and run that and I happen to have the results here. Oh, no, sorry, this is six kilometres. It's not men's and female, is it? It's uh, just the six and the 12 kilometres. So, yes, they the results they officially published were mixed. Yeah, it's mixed. Um, um, I actually do have the results here that I'll oh, yeah, okay. myself. Yep. I can read them if you like. Go for it. So in the competitive categories, there was a 6K race and the 12K race. Um, so starting with the 6K, the female 6K, uh, first was Isabella Woods in 55 minutes, 46 seconds. Uh, second was Hannah Cook-Gibbs in one hour, 26 seconds. And that was it for the 6K field, two females. 12K females. Uh, first was Natasha Kelly in two hours, 21 minutes and four seconds. And another limited field as well. She was the only competitor in that race, um, which I'll talk about it soon, my thoughts on the event. Um, it was quite limited, um, the amount of entrants, uh, just due to various reasons, but I'll explain that in a second. Yep. Um, so the, the men's results, the men's competitive 6K, first was Evan Jane, 38 minutes, 5 seconds. Uh, second was Jason Clark. 44 minutes, 6 seconds. And third was Alan Carmichael in 47 minutes, 35 seconds. And then the men's competitive 12K. First was, and this is a hard one to pronounce, <laughs> uh, Margin Wouters. Uh, one hour, 19 minutes and 13 seconds. Second was uh, Reese Cunningham. One hour, 20 minutes and 2 seconds. And third was myself, which is a fun. <laughs> um, so I got one hour, 20 minutes and 48 seconds. So you weren't, you're only a few seconds behind, Reese. Yes. Yeah, about, what was I, 40 seconds behind him? Yeah, and he was, what was he, he was about that far behind margin as well? Yeah, yeah, about that. Some interesting um, things that happened during that race that, yeah, I'll talk about that soon. I'll give all my thoughts on the race and... Because there was adaptive races and, and school kids and all that too, wasn't there? There was, yep. Um, so there was a high school race. I've got the results here for that. Would you like me to read that as well? Oh, yeah, we might as well. 
Yeah, so the female high school 6K, um, I believe the high school students just did a 6K. There wasn't a 12K option. Uh, right. So first female was Laia McTaggart in 57 minutes and 41 seconds. And again, it looks like a limited field. She was the only female listed. Uh, the male high school 6K, first was Sam Soper, 39 minutes, 7 seconds. Second was Hugh Rugg in 42 minutes, 29 seconds. And third was Lucas Paru in 45 minutes, 57 seconds. And then beyond that, there was also open waves. So there was an open 6K, open 12K, and a four-hour Teams relay. Um, but they okay. haven't had results published for those ones yet. And I think there was a kids race as well. I'm pretty sure I saw a whole bunch of young kids going off at one point. So yeah, so it was good. Should I move into my thoughts on the event? Yes, yeah, go for it. It was it was awesome. Like awesome event. I really enjoyed it. Definitely recommend it. Like I love to see it grow and just yeah. <laughs> I recommend everyone go down next year. And this is only their second year for the event. Uh, so it was a small scale event when I went down. Um there were I think almost 200 people entered. Um, but due to COVID, apparently quite impacted their numbers. We're just coming out of COVID and they happened just on the switch over to the, the COVID protection framework, the new traffic light systems. I think a lot of people were uncertain about that. And there were people from Auckland as well who couldn't fly down because Auckland's border was still shut when the race happened. I don't know how many people they had last year, but I think this year was a bit limited just due to COVID. And it rained, unfortunately during the event as well so it felt like you know a lot of people didn't hang out afterwards in the festival area but the festival area itself was good good setup like it's you know the whole venue is not too far out of Wanaka so it's drivable and you got a view over the lake and the mountains in the background it's pretty amazing and the festival area is on like a central grass field and you've got a bar down one end of it like a built-in bar because um, they also host weddings and things on the venue so they got a bar down there and then the other end of the fields, like the toilet block. Um, and in between they had, you know, tents set up uh, for everyone to hang out and you got this flat field and then you got a view from the field down to the rig. Um, so you can watch people doing the rig and then they run up the hill to the finish line. So a cool setup for it. Unfortunately, with the rain, you know, there weren't too many spectators. But I think it was set up perfectly to have that spectator view of the, the rig. It was awesome. It was a showstopper obstacle. And what else? Oh yeah, finisher medals. Like you got got a custom finisher medal which is cut out in a mountain shape, which is their their logo for the race. Uh, so it's pretty cool to see that medal and to see that it's like a non-standard. It's not one of your generic like circle medals. Yep. So it's cool that they got that made. It's cool to receive that. Andrew, one of the organisers, we interviewed on the podcast a while back. Had him on the the microphone, the loudspeaker. So I think races that have the loudspeaker in the festival area. Uh, awesome because a bit of vibe to it a lot more excitement um, so he was talking the whole time that was cool and yeah they got you know coffee carts or a coffee cart and a food truck and um, I think definitely definitely room for growth you know there's more room for food trucks and more room for things in the festival area and there's only two toilets built into the toilet block but definitely more room to bring in you know portaloos and set the whole thing up and the course so what I understand was the course was a different, completely different from last year. Um, I don't know what last year was, but apparently this course, they reversed the direction, it went backwards, and it was quite a hard course, hard terrain. So it was 12K competitive race, is the one I entered, 
according to my Strava, I clocked it in at just over 11k and 635 meters of elevation. Ooh, that's all right. Yeah, and and the crazy thing is, there's no, so there were no long hills. There was no, <laughs> there were no big hills. Yeah, just all lots of little up and down. Yes, <laughs> so 600 meters of up and down, like little undulations, and that's what made it so damn hard. Was there was no sustained climbing where you like get into gear get into the zone and yeah. then no sustained downhills when you can open up it's just so many up and downs like i think there was no flat places on the course at all like maybe you run down a driveway to the rig for 20 meters like maybe that was the only flat part of the course <laughs> so it, it was brutal the terrain awesome though really fun a lot of variation too because you're changing from grass to going under these trees like pine needles at one point to driveways to fields to in the woods to a lot of really technical sections like sections where it's you know holes everywhere potholes and you're on a you're on a farm um so lots of variation lots of technical lots of having to watch your feet the whole way it was cool and the obstacles were awesome as well so definitely quality obstacles at alpha challenge there was a good mix i think a good mix of technical so they had like the rig uh the rope climb um there's a z wall and strength as well good mix of strength obstacles in there they had four carries i believe it's a bucket carry sandbag carry your tire carry and a tire drag and there were box jumps as well and slam balls as well 30 box jumps 30 slam balls uh, i think it might have been 15 for 6k maybe i don't know i had to do 30 but i think some people came up and had to do 15. Uh, um and then a mix of basic obstacles you know they're just walls and um mud pits and those sort of things as well uh and probably one of my favorite things about the obstacle design looking back at it was they did a good like they combined obstacles so they were often obstacles back to back like you do an obstacle run five meters do an obstacle and some of the obstacles were literally yeah, like you do one, go two metres into an obstacle. <laughs> well, looking um, at the photos, the Z wall looks like it went straight onto a balance beam, didn't it? It, it did, it yes. Very close. Yes, the Z yeah. wall was one of the best ones, yeah. So it was a Z wall, you know, Spartan style, where it's a zigzag and you climb along the little holds, you traverse along it sideways. And then there's a balance beam attached to the end. So you go straight onto the balance beam. It's a, it's a Z-shaped balance beam. Then you go on to a second Z wall. The oh. awesome mix of climbing, straight to balancing, straight to climbing. And they did the same thing as well with the monkey bars. Oh, similar. So you, you had the monkey bars, and then there was a few meters of flat ground, five meters, and then you go straight into a slack line balance. So it's cool, it's cool the combination of like upper body and lower body balancing. And just before the Z wall as well was a mud pit. And before that was a rope climb. So you come in, you know, do the rope climb, use your upper body and your feet. A few meters afterwards, there's a mud pit, and the mud pits go straight into a barbed wire crawl. Um, it wasn't spiked barbed wire, but a crawl into barbed wire. And you come into the Z walls, and yeah, just awesome that they were putting obstacles back to back, and that they were different types of obstacles. So you're you're challenging, you know, upper body and lower body, and balance and crawling and climbing, and yeah, I really love that. Really love the way they space the obstacles throughout the course and then combined some of them together. Yeah, the one one downside I say I would think is they need more lanes on the obstacles. So most of them were two lanes. They only had two sections. Yep. And then the rig was only one lane. Well, it did have two lanes, but they were both 
different, which is a cool concept, but you, know, you did one lane, did a lap, did the second lane. Oh, okay. uh, so it ran into problems and missed opportunities in the competitive race. Which, yeah, I want to get into that. <laughs> would be cool. Um, I can talk about this lots. But, yeah, do you mind if I quickly just talk about the competitive race? Uh, I just want to ask you, did you have a go at the moon hoppers as the penalty looped? I thought that was quite neat. Yeah, it was interesting. No, I didn't have a go at the moon hoppers myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you fell <laughs> off the rig, you, yeah, you had to do moon hoppers. Moon hoppers. <laughs> that was fun. I was talking to... um. We'll play it after this. I, I recorded some interviews for the podcast. I can't right. remember if I got it on tape, though. But uh, talking to one of the guys, we did fell off. And he was like, the worst thing about it was the humiliation. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Because an, an easy penalty, having to bounce along on this thing. But <laughs> yeah, it feels a bit silly, which I guess is the fun of it. Some people probably love that. Some people probably hate it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. Delve into the... Um... Elite carry, yep, go for it. Yeah, so the elites, we started first thing in the morning. So the competitive is what they named it, but we can call it elites just to keep the terminology consistent across, you know, Spartan and other races as well. So yeah, when we when we started, I was running in fifth place. I was just behind Margin, who, as we know from the results, finished first. But he was he was just in front of me, coming fourth, and we'd just come out of the the box jumps was onto a tire, but 30 jumps up into a tire. Then you go straight into 30 slam balls. Then you go straight across the water crossing. So we just come out of that and you go up a small hill and he stops up at the top. <laughs> and I'm like 20 seconds behind him at this point. And I get up to the top and, he, <laughs> and I stopped as well. Uh, and he says he just saw the top three guys go off, run to the right after the hill. And he thinks they went the wrong way. Um, so we're, we're both standing up there, like fully stopped running. Um, and we can't see a course marking anywhere. And but the fence line, you know, we're, at, we're just like within a gate at the top of the hill and the fence runs off to the right and the left. Uh, so he, he says, he tells me he thinks the course is meant to go left. But we're looking around and we can't see any flags, which is frustrating. <laughs> uh, so he, yeah, he, he turned to me and like asked my opinion on which way we should go. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> He was pretty confident it was left, and I was thinking, like, if we went right, you know, everyone after us would follow us, and we'd just compound the potential mistake. Yeah. Yep. So I said to go left, and he's like, okay. So we, we ran off left, and, yeah, ran across this field and, like, over another hill or something, and then we come across the monkey bars. Um, so we're like, oh, I feel we did go the correct way. So we do the monkey bars and the slack line, um, and then we run further along, and then we run into the other three guys running back <laughs> towards us on the course. And they see us and they're like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> like, they realise they were going the wrong way. Um, so they, they ran back. Like, they ran back and did the obstacles and then turned around, followed us again, um, corrected their mistake. But, um, yeah, there was, there was a defining moment of the race, I think, was those three taking a wrong turn. It took about – so, yeah, suddenly I was in second place. Marjorie was in first place. And it took about a whole lap of the course, about just before that point, for Reese, you know, to close the gap and to pass me. So he was one of the ones that went the wrong way, or yeah. So Reese was first at that point. He was leading, so he went the wrong way. <laughs> Two guys followed him. Yeah. And then this was about a third of the way through the first lap, 
And so we completed the whole rest of the, the lap up until just before that point. Um, you know, no one was following us. It was just us two. And then yeah. Rex catches up <laughs> and finally manages to pass me. Um, which is insane, like that he closed that gap because they would have lost a few minutes on that turnaround. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I talk interview Reese in the interview, which we'll play shortly. But Reese talks about his thoughts on it, and we come up to that point again in the second lap, top of that hill, and they they put a course marker and pointing in the right direction, uh, which is cool. So obviously the organisers realised that there was a problem there, and they fixed it before the end of the race. Um, but unfortunately, it wasn't in place at the start of the race. On the single lane idea on the rig, yeah, Margin was a little bit in front of me for most of that lap, but he he was like awesome runner, but a little bit slower on the obstacles. So he gets to that first rig, and I come up behind him, and I'm you know taking a breather, waiting for him to complete it. And he's going across, across it quite slowly, and you know as he gets near the end, I jump on and get across it. Um, and talking to Reese afterwards, Reese was saying the same thing. Where as they're coming to the finish line, he's thirty seconds or so behind Margin, and he sees Margin jump up on the rig, and like knew that he that was his passing opportunity. Um, but, yeah. but because there was a single lane, he couldn't do it. So I remember Reese talking about like he could have sprinted at that point, like he had the energy to sprint to jump on and pass him, and then go up the final hill to the finish line at the top of the hill. Um, so I feel like, yeah, they, they had this awesome rig, you know, well-positioned for spectators, but they sort of missed the opportunity to have multiple lanes where you get that awesome spectator-friendly moment where you have position changes just before the finish line. Yeah. Like potentially, I could have passed them just before the finish of the first lap. Um, I wouldn't have been able to hold on to that lead because <laughs> he was a faster runner than me. But I could have passed them right before the, fi- uh, the finish of the first lap. And then Reese was saying he could have done the same thing just before the finish of the whole race and could have come in first place. So yeah, I think it's one thing they could work on in the future is to have those moments where, you know, for film or for spectators or for entertainment value, those position changes within a view of the audience on the obstacles is awesome, awesome moments. You know, you can't build that sort of entertainment into it. <laughs> so did you give him feedback on that or have you mentioned it to him or...? No, I haven't yet. Um, been meaning to send the organisers an email on my feedback. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think they're pretty open to it. Um, yeah. Kim sent me a, a bit of an email on how it all went, and uh, she didn't go into the depth you did, but she just said that there was a lot of um, a lot of p- returning people. Uh, they were very disappointed in that a lot of out of towners just couldn't come because of the uncertainty with the traffic light system and Auckland was still in lockdown so for another week so for those sorts of things but uh, yeah and then the adapt the mint collective adaptive race took place um, didn't really give me a lot on that but she said it was one of the best things was watching them smiling across the finish line and also humbling and inspiring to seeing them getting out there and tackling it and the blast police kids program I don't know if you seen that or talked to them any of them Okay. Yeah, there were people in police uniforms. I was trying to yeah. figure out if they were police or they were just costumes. But <laughs> yeah, made... no, apparently they were, and they did a lot of the organising for the high school um, school race. It was called the Blast Police Kids Program uh, and teamwork. Yeah. So it certainly sounded like it was good. And event number three is going to be the third of December next year. Yes. Yeah, I definitely recommend people get along to it. It's a quality event and. 
Um, oh yeah, I forgot to mention everyone was so friendly as well in the race that there's a few, there was a couple of like you know out and back sections when you go turn around a point come back. Oh, come back. So there's one uh, run right at the start line just to spread out the field and but yeah during the race it was awesome you come around that loop and everyone tie five in each other and um, sandbag carry oh the bucket carry sorry you carry it up go around a point and come back and um you're like I was starting to lag at that point and you know margin passes me and he's in first place and he passes me on the way back and you know shouts some words of encouragement he tells me to keep running faster <laughs> but that, that was so awesome like it's awesome that they I love those moments where you, you loop around each other and everyone mm-hmm. sort of pushes each other on yeah it was cool cool atmosphere now what we're going to do is cut to a special new feature on the podcast it is our first time attempting to record on site on location at a race so after running alpha challenge i went around with my cell phone recording some interviews with some of the competitive races um, it was on my cell phone so hopefully the audio has turned out and you know as we roll forward in the future it would be cool to record at more races and get better recording equipment so bear with us for this first attempt um, there was an interview i recorded with natasha kelly that the audio didn't come out so apologies for that i'm here on site at alpha challenge in wanaka uh, just arrived in the morning everyone's arriving warming up for the first race of the day and it's currently raining at the moment which is a bit of a shame and, and a bit of good fun it's going to be some slippery monkey bars and rigs out there a bit of a, a mixed bag will be fun to watch not so fun to do after the race i'll run around interview some people see everyone's thoughts about the event yes at alpha challenge now standing here with martin mccone what are your thoughts on the event well considering the um lockdown and, and all the hard rules with the traffic light system and the weather they've actually done quite well the good good encouraging signs with the number of young kids here um yes unfortunately the numbers were down but um spread quite well across all the all the various um waves they were doing mm. um, a few minor hiccups but the course um, was definitely very challenging just from looking at it even though i didn't well, I jogged a few parts but um from what i heard they actually did make it harder than last year's course so Hence, wide times were probably a little bit um, slower if you compared to last year's times. Um, and as you say, having run it yourself, Max, you, a few little hiccups, but apart from that, um, I think it's proved to be quite a good challenging course. And It was hard, yeah. Um, I think my time was 140, is that what I said? Yeah. But looking at last year, I think they fin- the top guys finished in about an hour. Yeah, it was a, a lot, lot harder. E- she said it was a lot easier the course last year, and yeah. their feedback was that they wanted it harder. So they said, "Right, we'll give you harder," and I think they came through with that quite nicely. Do you want to uh, tell us your name and tell us how the event went for you? Dion, uh, just been doing a 12k competitive. Uh, went reasonably well. Uh, definitely some deficiencies in the training to work on for next time. Just get better on the terrain. Uh, a little bit more uh, wet obstacle training, I think, is definitely a, a big uh, thing they need to work on. The rock climbing doesn't really translate that well to wet bars, and yeah. <laughs> all of the uh, practice I've been doing with the rope climbs at home wasn't really a great deal of help when I couldn't actually get my feet to lock in. So, yeah, basically broke my arms out doing the rope climbs legless, and then tried to get to the 
last rig only half a k later and just didn't have the pull strength left on that first lap to get through without the penalty so yeah the worst part about the penalty was the humiliation of having to bounce along there on the oh. playground toys <laughs> yeah that was an interesting penalty that one i had to give them points for creativity so yeah, that absolutely. was interesting i never seen that one before so, what was harder for you the obstacles or the terrain when well, they were both really energy sapping I think the terrain really. Yeah. The obstacles I would see weren't that bad. It was really just that last rig. Even the second lane throw it was pretty reasonable really. Those ropes weren't that difficult. It was just that first one. Yeah. That even if I had a bigger rest beforehand, probably would have been okay, but it was just trying to do those things back to back. I just didn't have the threat left to get through the to the end of that with that last set of rings. Yeah. Yeah. Something to work on for next time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm keen for next next year, and this is only their second year, and it sounds like it keeps improving. And yeah, um, sounds like it was a lot harder this year, right? You it ran was, last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, last year was pretty straightforward. The obstacles weren't technical at all, so oh. they definitely stepped that up. There's some technical ones this year. Oh yeah, it was interesting what they've done with the Z wall, putting the balance beam in, in the middle of it just to break that up. And yep, especially with how muddy it was with rolling mud straight into that, to then have the more balancing uh, aspect of it put in. It, yeah, I like that on the Z wall, yeah, because you're in climbing, straight to balancing, straight to climbing again. Yeah, with absolutely soaked muddy shoes. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> you had to just be a little bit more aware of what you were doing and trying to actually get a decent grip. Yeah. Yeah, well, cheers. Cheers for that. No worries. I'm uh, Reese Cunningham, um, second place getter at the Alpha Challenge. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, Although, you would have been first place. I um, mean... <laughs> Potentially, I mean, uh, Martin was, was pretty quick. Yeah. So, who knows? Anything can, anything can happen in obstacle racing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, thoughts on the race? Uh, it was awesome. Great course is set up pretty pretty well. Lots of varying uh, terrain, but te- technicality from the running through the pine trees, like rabbit holes and yeah. branches everywhere to running down the Crush, crush gravel roads and, and then back into the farmlands like it's varying uh, technical and, and fun yeah um, so much variation and, and just the, the constant change was hard too though yeah uh, there's so, no where you could really get into a rhythm no and then that's, uh, that's what obstacle racing is as well right it's like being being able to survive, survive the suck fest of not being able to get into a rhythm yeah um, <laughs> and then a good amount of like technical obstacles as well you cut the, the multi-rig that we're looking at down there is awesome um, definitely need more of that in New Zealand. Oh yeah, absolutely. Did you um, fail any obstacles? No. Nice. Uh, so pretty happy about it, especially in the especially while it was raining. Yeah. Uh, got close uh, on the slack line. Was uh, did a little bit of matrix action. <laughs> um, but yeah, managed to managed to get through. Um, unscathed. So yeah, fantastic course. Great time. Absolutely good course, and uh, it's a little little bit of an upset I think because you guys. I was running the competitive with you, and I was coming in fifth place or something. But uh, get to the top of a hill, and uh, the guy in front of me was like, "Oh, they went the wrong way." <laughs> so you and some other guys went the wrong way at one point. Yeah, well, but, um, um, we come out of the, the water obstacle, and we were told to go right. So um, we went right until we found a piece of tape, and then we followed that piece of tape along. But um, that was at the the wrong end of a pe- of the loop that we were supposed to not go as far right on. Um, so I think we, we, we ended up doing an extra five or six hundred meters 
mm. before being told that we'd gone the wrong way. Um, so we sort of tracked our way back, uh, did, the, did the monkey bars and that slack line obstacle that we'd accidentally skipped. Okay. Um, and then took me, and that was what, halfway through the first lap? Yeah. And then it took to about that same point at the next lap to, to catch up. Um, and then, yeah, I guess we saw Martin and myself sort of pulled away. Um, there's a lot of power on those legs, and uh, the, those hill, the hill climbing ability of them is insane. Um, and then it was, yeah, it was races on. I, I sort of, there's a, a K or two where I'd given, given up. Yeah. And then you sort of like, you get that second win, it's like, just got to rip shit and bust, and like, you're out here to do it for yourself. You're not, you know, it's not, you're, you're fucked up. You got to own it and move on and push through it. So just flip the flip the old brain into overdrive and, and uh, see if the legs can keep up. And that is part of obstacle racing too. It's yeah. unfortunate, but running off through terrain, like sometimes the course markings aren't the best. And yeah, 100%. And, yeah. and like, Marshalls are never 100% reliable. Like it's, I mean, the, the blame's on me. It's not a, not a Marshall fault, but like that's, I mean, it is what it is. Like we should have just been been more aware or um, understood the the race courses slightly more better. Like that's that's on us, and probably probably on me a bit more for leading the other two astray. <laughs> so what happened to the other two? Were they 6k? Uh, no, they're 12k. Oh, um, okay. Just huh. so um, they didn't catch the gap. Oh. They didn't catch up and close the gap and no they were, like we were together until the mud pit and then after that mud pit and the z wall um i just i got a bit of separation on them and then i saw you guys and then i think i said to you at the time i'm coming for you max <laughs> yeah and um and then i just just put the yeah just put down and i got through that monkey rig pretty quick and i mean that was yeah then just i was basically just behind you at the end of that so it was, it was okay right. oh yeah because yeah, you're definitely faster than me. You closed the gap and passed me. And I remember looking over my shoulder and there's no one behind me. So I'm like, where'd those other two guys go? Yeah. Um, but I guess they just didn't recover from that, yeah, that I, wrong I, direction. I, yeah, not too sure. I haven't actually talked to them. I should probably go find them and uh, see what happened. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they, they crossed the line in happy enough spirits. So yeah, that's, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's part of it. Part of the, part of the experience, part of obstacle racing. Yeah, and like, shit happens, right? And, and it's like how you, how you react and, and deal with it and push on as opposed to like, and I think we, we all did that. Um, you know, no one's no one's out here blaming anyone. There's no complaints. Like, you just got to suck it up and move on and do what you can. And here we are. Uh, Evan Jane. Yeah, it's a good event. It was a bit of fun. Um, normally I do like obstacle racing in Australia, but oh, I'm obviously I'm over here. At the minute, stuck in New Zealand, so I'd have yeah, a couple was, coming uh, up really that finish shoot after fun. a good honest okay. morning yeah. work. Hopefully we can hear Come you on that loudspeaker. Bring it on up. Well done everybody. Huge effort guys, well done. Kind of is what it is, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um so you've done Spartans and stuff in Australia? Yeah, yeah. So I was actually invited to the world champs for the Spartan racing, which was on last week, but obviously couldn't get to Abu Dhabi for that, so Second best thing was here in Monaco, and it's yeah, it's been an awesome event, so really cool. Oh well, mm. have you done some of the other obstacle races around New Zealand? Uh, no, this okay. is this is the first one. Normally, I just do all like the Spartan races um, in Australia, but yeah. Oh yeah. okay. I haven't been back in New Zealand for quite some time, so it's been pretty cool. Okay, so you are you a Kiwi? 
Ah, uh, Kiwi originally, yeah, from Taranaki. Oh, um, but okay. yeah, been living living in Australia and working there for like the last eight years. Um, okay. So yeah, come home for the snow season and then kind of got stuck here and yeah, oh. now really enjoying Wanaka. So. Okay. Awesome. Well, nice to meet you. Yeah, because they're perfect. High schoolers. For the last rig. Space hopping for glory. Look at them go. It's space hop is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you're perfect for... Um, we just started an obstacle racing New Zealand podcast. Oh, awesome. Um, but we're trying to interview Kiwis into obstacle racing. Yeah, yeah. And especially at the forks of Kiwis who are overseas and, like, yeah. you know, seeing some of the larger scale races overseas. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're perfect getting your thoughts on, like, the Australian races. Because in New Zealand, it's still so... Hey, Tash, bring it on up! Yeah, I mean, like, I think there's only one stage here for the Spartan race, isn't there? The there's one, like an one but, the only I mean, female 12 They really put on like a big show for the Spartan race. Coming up to finish it. All, all the ones I've like been to, you know, like, there's a couple of thousand people shift. turn up, which is pretty Come on, you know, girl, those legs are looking good. Come on, everybody. Uh, Bring it how, out they, how the Yanks do it, so the Americans started it and yeah, it's all sort of kicked off from there. But they kind of make it like a giant party and it works out well. Um, obviously, there's a little bit smaller scale, but well done, girl, I think the locals have all turned out for it, so it's real cool. Another event that's happened uh, a little a little while ago now actually was the Spartan World Championships in uh, the UAE. We had uh, Jeremy Robinson, a Kiwi who lives over there, on just before. The event, and he raved about it. It looks all right. He came about four hundred and something uh, in the beast, but uh, he did uh, promise that he would send over some uh, words of encouragement and everything. So we'll bring them to you to an, another podcast, another intro, or we may even get him back on in a week in the new year and uh, have a good chat to him about the whole race. Yeah, for sure. But the World Championships results uh, were Brian Atkins won it in two hours and 13 minutes of 40 seconds. Sergey Perigin, Perigin was second in two hours, 14 minutes and 12 seconds, which is less than a minute, which is pretty good after two hours of running 21 kilometres. And third was the Brit, Jonathan Elvon, who I believe has won it before as well. Mm. He did it in two hours, 20.04. The women was Lindsay Webster, Annie Duby, and Elise Petrova. And I'm just trying to find why I don't have their... Lindsay Webster did it in two hours, 38 minutes and 54 seconds, a good half an hour behind her husband. Annie did it in two hours, 41, 22. So she was close to three minutes behind uh, Lindsay. And Alicia did it in two hours, 43. So she was another two minutes behind. But the interesting thing is Lindsay Webster came 10th overall. Annie was 12th overall and Alicia was 14th overall. The women certainly did, did pretty well. Yeah, I've been watching the race on Spartans coverage they just released actually yes it's yeah, cool. first time it. i've actually watched a spartan world championships oh, okay. it's cool to watch it and crazy in that sand like oh it's just to do, slow down the running so much and oh. they do do a good a good job now they're getting really good with their their filming and the rabbits rabbits running around behind everyone with the cameras yes but one thing i did notice is the men there was no american men 
and no UAE men in the top 10, which I thought there would have been a few. The women, uh, Annie Doobie's from the US, and Iva Carley is from the UAE, and she got 10th overall for women. So there was a couple of them there. Which is interesting, especially no locals. Mm. Being uh, used to that sand, I thought would have given them a, an advantage. But interesting to see when up against the international field, you know, who comes out on top. Yes, hopefully they'll uh, hold it there again next year, and the, the whole everybody can go. It uh, won't be just the few that are willing to forego COVID restrictions and, and lockdowns and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it was good to see Ryan Atkins finally win instead of, I don't know how many previous, five previous second places he's had. Yeah. Uh, and Annie Doobie was her, she was her first year. She was a, a rookie. So she did really well. No, really? Wow. And then, of course, uh, you know, Ryan Atkins and Lindsay Webster are a couple. They, yep. Are they married, husband and wife? Yep. Yeah, so they were first male, first female. It's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, I definitely recommend people watch Spartans videos on YouTube. Um, it's very cool to see the coverage of the men's race and the women's race. And yeah, I'm only partway through the women's at the moment, but that's probably the more exciting one to watch actually. Because in the in the men's race, Ryan Atkins got out in front and then maintained it the whole way. <laughs> um, in, the, in the women's race, there was back and forth, and the top. Sergey so must have got in front uh, at one stage because I did hear watch the interview, which is quite funny if you do get a chance and i don't know if you if it was on the spartan thing but it's on the uh, obstacle racing media page they were interviewing and he said yeah sergey passed him and he said no nah, not this year you're not taking it away from me uh, yes. i'm going to do whatever it takes to break myself if i have to to get there um and just reading the page um him and john helvin have been racing against in the championships for seven years uh, it's the first time Ryan's beaten Elvin. Yeah, actually, yeah, Elvin, um, sorry, Ryan Atkins. They did, in the Spartan coverage, have him at the finish line, <clears throat> ask him about that, and he, he starts crying, really, really emotional when he talks about um, being passed and he wasn't going to let that stop him. It was, it was intense to watch. And I, uh, I listened to a, a podcast and they were interviewing Lindsay Webster, and one of the things she said, that she, she was... I forget which obstacle, the monkey bars, one of the ones that she was, you had to swing through, and she heard over the, the radio of the, the cameraman that Ryan had just won, and uh, she had to stop mid-swing and just take it all in, because she reckons if she carried on, she would have fallen. But she said that um, certainly joyed her on and uh, got her over the finish line as well. So the next thing we had on our little chat sheet was uh, 2022. What's what's coming up what we know of uh, and stuff like that so we know that the uh, ultimate athletes got two events the warrior is a good chance it's going to be on again we're we're a warrior yeah well on, on ultimate athlete actually so two two events that have been announced publicly yes but we do know there's more coming third one coming yes there's a third one coming yep which i believe we can talk about i don't think that's been announced oh, okay but We've heard about that. Yes, yeah, so that they are doing an Ames Games race. Yep. The Ames Games, I had to look it up here. So it's the stands for the Association of Intermediate and Middle Schools. Middle schools. It's the biggest sporting event for eleven to thirteen year olds in the country. 
Um, yes. So obstacle racing has been accepted into that this year under Ultimate Athlete. So that's exciting. That is, yeah. That's a good way of getting grassroots yeah. involved. And then we've also heard that there's more Ultimate Athletes coming in 2022. We're not meant to talk about that yet. <laughs> so that is exciting. There's definitely more coming. They are definitely expanding, which is cool. Expanding, yep. And we'll get Gavin on as early as we can in the, in the new year, and, and he can uh, explain it all to us. Yeah. And then we've got Spartan, the Sprint, the Super, and a trail race uh, happening in May. We've mentioned Alpha Challenge uh, on the 3rd of December next year, to mark that in your calendar. They're the only ones I know of at the moment. Um, Warrior Dash will be back too, but I don't know the date of that. I, I presume um, Martin's going to be having that again. Uh, yeah. Wanaka. Wanaka. Yep. Wanaka Dash, sorry. Of course, the you know New Zealand's moved over to the traffic light COVID system, so which means a return of events. I imagine sporting events are going to be coming back in 2022, um, and it would be good. Not this episode because we've already talked a lot, but but to go over the the COVID traffic light framework yes. and what that means for events, yeah. Events, yeah. Do you want to say anything on the Spartan Age Group? I see you put a an email a, a thing out on the Facebook group the other day about about that because um, it is very confusing. I think there's a lot of people confused out there about it. I yeah. So, so um, I think I heard from you on this podcast that Spartan New Zealand only runs three age groups whereas around the world is 10 i think it's 10 age groups yeah 10 age groups well they did when they, they the last one they had here had everything this year when i got my cancellation from from 20 to 21 and now it's moved to 22 they say it's just 40 plus and i sent that back and she said oh that's the new new framework and i went oh yeah and then and then it's very confusing and then looking into spartan world championship qualifications is what got me confused because Auckland is going to be a direct qualifier for the world championships and that the top in each age group qualify so I was like if, if New Zealand has different age groups how do you qualify for the worlds when they both run different categories so I emailed Spartan about it and their their reply was New Zealand does run the 10 age groups however sign up is under three age groups which which is very makes no sense <laughs> it's, like, no, it's very confusing why why would you do it that way why do you choose one age group when you sign up and then you run under a different age group mm. and i emailed them back saying that i emailed them back saying why don't you just have people sign up under their actual age group or why don't you oh their, their response was they wanted to combine start waves so they they wanted three start waves for age groups so they listed three age groups, three start times. And I emailed them back being like, why don't you just sign people up under their actual age group and then email them their start wave like every other freaking race does? Like, <laughs> mm. yeah. no, it, is, it is very confusing. Um, I don't know why they do it that way. It's <laughs> yes, they're uh, hard to work out what they do half the time or yeah. why they do things. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they're doing that here. And I don't, actually, I don't know if they do it in Australia either. I don't. It's definitely the case for New Zealand. I don't know what the Australian age groups are. Mm. If it's part of the World Championships, they've got to be the same as, and it is a franchise, so it's got to be the same as a, why you would just, yeah, that's 
doesn't even make sense. It's not even a clerical or admin thing that's going to make it any easier. It's like no. <laughs> just confuses everybody. It makes zero sense. Um, so if anyone out there is listening and is thinking about running age group at Spartan Auckland, like the age group you register for is not your age group. So the age group listed on their website and the one you choose upon registration, nothing. It, it means nothing. <laughs> it's You're still running under your regular Spartan age group, which is the teenage groups, which are, I can't remember what they are, I have to look up exactly. But it's yeah. the same internationally. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, so, yeah, what you register for means nothing except for the start time. Um, your start time is linked up to your registration age group. Uh, your registration age group means nothing after you click it. Just disregard it. All right. Well, should we wrap this up and uh, get to our interview from this week or our discussion with Hannah? And um, everybody have a really good Happy New Year and Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. I'm Steve Steady, my regular host, Max. Bell is unable to be with us tonight. Tonight's guest is Hanya Atkin, who, according to her Instagram Facebook page, is a mother of four, Australian Spartan competitor, a firefighter, an OCR enthusiast, a brand ambassador for Xena Clothing, outdoor instructor, and a certified trainer at Peach Fitness. I don't know how she gets time to do anything else. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's all right. That's okay. Um, so to start off with, can we just get a bit of a background on where you grew up and where you're from? Um, and yeah. That, yeah. yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up in Australia. I try to hide my accent so you can't tell, but people can still tell. <laughs> Whereabouts? Um, northern New South Wales. So inland from the coast, a couple of hours, little tiny town called Tenterfield. 3,000 people, you know, not much going on, but a little... Quite a nice part of part of the country. So, and married um, a Kiwi and moved here. Married a Kiwi and moved here. So that was back in two thousand. I think we moved um, to New Zealand. So, been here for over twenty years. So I think I do call myself a Kiwi, but it's a fine line, isn't it? <laughs> when the rugby's on. Oh, when the rugby's on, it depends. If there's no other Aussies in the room, then I'll represent Australia. But if there's anyone else, um, yeah, I'll just totally go for the Kiwis. I mean, the All Blacks, come on. They're come on. like the I best. Know. I'm, I'm from Perth, any rate, um, and did the same thing. Met my wife in the same band yeah, in 2000. But oh, I met her here in New Zealand. We lived here for a while, moved back to Australia. Yes. Then we went sailing for a little while, and now we've moved back again. We've been here since 2015. Oh, wow. Oh, there's a similar story then. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's how I came to New Zealand. And, um, yeah, we did a bit of travel um, pre-children, so married for seven years before we had kids. And I've always been um, – I've always loved sport and I've always been super competitive, not competitive like with a bad attitude. I like to consider myself a good sport. I can lose – if it's a fair game, I'm happy to lose, you know, but if there's any cheating going on, then look out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, – for me, like my, I didn't discover OCR until after I had um, my third child and a friend um, asked me whether I'd like to just do a bit of training and do a tough guy gal um, challenge. Just a 6K loop with a few little sort of um, simple type obstacles thrown in. 
and I absolutely loved it. And um, so from there, I had one more child, which, you know, every time you have a child as a woman, that puts a bit of a spanner in the works as far as, um, yeah, like what your body's able to do. So after I'd had my fourth baby, um, I thought I would like to do a little bit more of that. And I'd like to tick off a half marathon. And um, I started to train and I just realized I had zero strength, like just nothing. So I was like, I think I need to do some strength stuff or I'm going to fall apart. I have no core. Um, so I started really slow. I, I think I started being able to do like five push-ups on my knees and I was dead, like my arms were dead. But slowly but surely in this training for this half marathon um, and, a, and another tough guy, gal, kind of in the works, I just I started to realise that strength was a real game changer. And, um, you know, I could pick up my children and it didn't feel like my insides were going to fall out. And I was like, this is this is amazing. And I did my first full pull up and I could have just been like I was just like over the moon I was so stoked um and it was in at that time that I saw an ad on tv for um the Australian Spartan um tv show and they were looking for teams of three and um they wanted you know Kiwi representation and I was like I would just love to do that. And my husband, bless him, he was like, oh, honey, I think they're looking for, like, really strong people. <laughs> Super encouraging. But I Very think encouraging. Just trying to be a little bit realistic, like, you know, it's really good that you can do a pull-up, but I don't think you're quite what they're after. Um, but with a little bit of um, twisting of arms, I managed to scrounge together this team. And I was like, look, at the end of the day, they'll say no if they don't want us. So we got an audition and um, we failed their fitness test because it was intense. Like my husband was right. What they were after was next level. Um, but in any case, we ended up getting a call up two weeks before the actual um, thing was due to be filmed. They'd had so many teams pull out. They were like, can you guys be a filler in a sort of thinking, oh, they probably won't do too well. So they didn't bother doing a backstory or any of that. And we were like, we don't care. We just want to go and play on this course because it looks amazing. Um, and so, yeah, we turned up and we had zero expectation. I mean, there were Olympic athletes there and it was two mums and a teacher basically who were on, made up our Spartan team. And um, our goal was to solely touch each and every obstacle. So we were like, stuff the timer. Let's just try and get on each obstacle without being eliminated. And we managed to do that. So we were just so stoked, which um, put us through to the semifinals. And sadly there, we, we were like, oh, my gosh, we could actually do something here. And we rushed and then fell off an obstacle. And that was the end of, of that. But I just... Yeah, for me, obstacle course racing was so much more than just a run. Like I did my half marathon and I was kind of like, yeah, I don't really feel like I enjoyed it, but kind of on a really boring level. <laughs> Whereas obstacle course racing is just, it's so exciting. And it, it across the board, you know, you might not be super fast, but you've got great upper body strength. And so it kind of evens the playing field out. And I just love that, that everybody's got a chance to use what they can bring to the table as their strength. And I just think that's it's a real cool sport for that reason, that it's a real equaliser in that sense. Um, and obviously there's people that are just amazing all around. 
But um, yeah, I, I'm really passionate about it and I try and, you know, twist arms as much as I can to get people to join me on various races. But yeah, I love it. Yes, you certainly sound enthusiastic and uh, a lot of things you've said is quite true. Yeah, it is a, It's a great leveller. Um, it is also very much not a team sport, but a group sport um, in the open waves. That I, I do love that side of things. Yes, like, yes. Get a group of yours going along, and the last one, you always make sure everyone gets through. And um, It is. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's people coming together, even if you don't know somebody, you just join up and help out. And, yeah, it is. It's lovely. It's awesome. So, so when was the Spartan um, Australia TV show? So that... I think it was filmed in December 2017 and then it aired, I think, May 2018. All right. Yeah. I have heard of it. I must admit, I've never watched it. So. Yeah, I think you can yeah. still access maybe the second season on demand, which I oh. believe Kiwis, Kiwis won the second season. So yeah. that's quite cool. Max would know all about that. He's right yeah. into that and Ninja yeah. and all those. Um, yes. Uh, I come from a running background. I love, I hate running on the roads. I've done a, the Auckland Marathon, but I hated that. Um, right. I love trail running. I see we've done the goat together. You were in the goat. Yeah, I did the goat last year, and man, that was a bit of a killer of a run. But it, as a run, like it's obviously on the trail is so much better than on the road. Like, I agree with you. Like road running, no, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, we've signed up. We're going back to the goat. Hopefully, if it happens. Oh, I know. So, we're living in strange times as far as events go. All oh. my events have been cancelled, so I'm just like at the moment. I'm hanging out potentially for the Oriwa um, Ultimate Athlete, but I'm I'm reluctant to enter until we get closer to and just see whether it's actually going to go ahead. Yes, it will be interesting because I was signed up for I've signed up for that as well, but um, signed up to do the spa uh, the uh, exterior race in Waihi through the Karangaki Gorge. Um, oh, okay. Which is two weeks before, and they actually cancelled that today. Just that they've decided that it's. Oh. going to be too close to the wire and they don't want to what do you got so they yeah. oh sorry they haven't cancelled they've postponed it um to early 2022 which is going to be another issue because now they'll have we'll have i've signed up to do the goat again we've got a whole yes. other events that are just going to happen there so it's going to be a manic um, beginning of the year yeah so yeah so for me like i guess um I, I have competed in a few. It was after I did the Spartan TV thing, I did my first um, beast. Started with a beast, um, a Spartan beast, to try and manage doing a vector in 2018 post in Australia, which was dry and hot and awful. <laughs> And then I took our four children um, to the Czech Republic, which is where my mother is from. And um, I did manage to do a sprint in the Czech Republic and do a super over in Austria. So I got to taste Spartan in, in a couple of different countries, which was, yeah, really cool, hey? And um, interesting to see, even though it's it's meant to be, you know, a standardised kind of race, there were differences in, in different countries. So I think Australia, you had to try and get the eight-foot wall just there was no male or female kind of version. It was everyone yeah. eight football. And in Austria, they gave you a nice step if you were a girl. I was like, oh, I, I hate the whole sexist thing, but, <laughs> mate, I'll take it when it helps me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was cool to see um, obstacle horse racing in different parts of the world. I really enjoyed that. And, um, yes. yeah, I totally – the borders open up again. I'd love to race overseas again. Mm, I'd love to go there. I follow a few – I follow the Romanian um, – 
Facebook group for of Burst Spartan as well, and they certainly does look a lot different from what happens in in here and in America and stuff. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if I support when we spoke before, but um, me and Max are part of the New Zealand Obstacle Sports Association, trying to yeah. to build up that. And we've been talking to Spartan uh, Spartan New Zealand Australia people and also Spartan from the US. Um, and looking at it, the Europe is completely different. Uh, they they don't talk to one another very much at all. Oh, really? I didn't realise that. I still thought it was under the same. Under the no, same they're all franchises. The Australian um, Chris, who manages the Australian one, he's got Australia and New Zealand, uh, and it's a franchise because we were quizzing him, quizzing him about uh, bringing Decafit or one of those out. Uh, but he said he hasn't got the the franchise for that. Someone else has. So. Oh wow! I didn't realise that. Okay, news news to me. Hmm. So, so um, you've done a few overseas races. You've done tough guy, tough girl. Yeah. I did see something about adventure. Have you done adventure racing too, or is that? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, oh, you did Spirited Woman. Yeah, I did Spirited Woman. My friend won tickets one year because I'd seen the cost of it and had thought it sounded good, and then the cost was so high. I was like, Oh my goodness! I don't think I can justify that on a race. Um, so my friend won tickets and she's like, would you would you make a team? I was like, heck yes, if I can get in for free. So I, we did that. And I actually really loved that as well, the added element of um, navigation and just different um, pursuits within, not quite like an obstacle course race, but but has some similarities and, and working in a team and you've got to stick together. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And um, we've done three now together. So you can see what happened. We got the first one for free and then we got sucked on in to keep entering. <laughs> so, are you doing the one next year? Yes. So we'll do Hooks Bay next year. I think it's in April, maybe. April, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of my again, good friends, his wife signed up for it. And we've done a couple of uh, row games around here to help them with their navigation. And, yeah. and that, I mean, it's key. And she's it's, pretty excited about it. So key. And it's a great vibe. It's, it's a um, yeah, really neat, well run event. Very well run. And so, yeah, what distance do you or time do you do? Um, in the in the spirited woman, woman, because it's a we've six done, hour, twelve hour, and that isn't yeah. So yeah. we've done the six hour, the medium course three times, and we got a hat trick. You know, we kept winning. I mean, so so terrible and boring, isn't it, to win? But then we we're like, oh, we probably should up the up the ante, and so we're going twelve hour this year. And I'm I am dubious as to whether our bodies will cope. I don't know that we know how to go slowly, and I think with the twelve hour we might just need to pace ourselves. And I'm not sure that we're going to be able to do that. So we will see. We're all quite competitive as a team. So whether that results in a burnout or not, I don't know. But we we have to try, don't we? We have to give it a shot. Yes, you certainly do, and it certainly looks like a good race. Yeah, yeah, it is really fun. It's a bummer there's not a men's version, eh? But I guess there's a lot of men's races. There's out a lot of men's there. races out there. We, uh, yeah, there's a lots of uh, other races out around. Uh, and you're a firefighter still, or yes, yep, volunteer firefighter. Volunteer firefighter. So I, I started that journey and um, just loved. I love the ability to help my community, but also there's a quite an adrenaline rush when the alarm goes off that it's, you know, time to get up to the station. And it's a little bit like racing, maybe. I can liken that too. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I really, really enjoy being a firefighter. Um, my husband recently became one as well. So now we have to share the call outs. That's oh. fun. Yeah, I know he's encroached on that, but he enjoys it as well. And it's, it's good for us. So, yeah, we like that. Getting up in the middle of the night in the middle of winter wouldn't be much fun. 
Yeah, they provide us with merinos and stuff. You know, I can't complain too much. We get pretty good perks from, from volunteering. So uh, when, when I first met wife, she was a volunteer ambulance driver and she used to get out of bed. We were in Wahi, in Wahi and oh, some mornings I began, uh, why would you do this? Oh, I yeah. know it's a good thing to do for the community at all. Yeah, that's right, for Middle sure. Winter, it's, uh, it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah, I think if you're wired, like I, I don't mind waking up on a whim and just jumping out of bed and and the excitement of that kind of drives me. But some people, that's their worst nightmare. They're like, no, thank you. I want to sleep. <laughs> so I guess it's not for everyone. That's a good not thing. So does it, just on that, do they have the firefighter, firefighter game, volunteer firefighter games here in New Zealand? Um, yeah, so I have heard of these and I've not yet pursued that. But, yeah, I've heard there's, I think there's a one around water, so you've got to do hose type stuff. And then there's something maybe called the combat challenge. I think okay. it's something like that. And they have to, yeah, there's a time mm. trial to, like, mm. climb ladders. And, oh, yeah, that totally, yeah. totally is That something. sounds totally you. From what I, you think, so. uh, just I my think, little brother and two of my uncles, they did it um, a lot when I was growing up at Right, uh, and they were always going off on competitions during summer, off yes. and running up and down ladders and shooting each other with water and that sort of stuff. And yeah. it certainly sounded like good fun. Well, if nothing else, it's good training, right? Like yes. <laughs> yes. for OCR races. <laughs> and I see you competed in uh, um, Mount Monganui AU, the ultimate athlete. Yeah, yeah, that was cool to, to find that. That inaugural inaugural race. Um, yeah, it was good. I I don't know quite what I was expecting. I was like, is it going to be Spartan? Is it going to be more like tough guy gal with, you know, the difference in obstacle difficulty? But I was quite impressed. I think they they nailed it quite well for both beginners and people that would like a little bit more. And so, yeah, that was a, a tough race. So running on the sand, I have I not done that. that. The sand was a killer, so that I, I was pretty exhausted. I mean, it was only a 10K loop, I think, when yeah. you did the two. It was only 10K, but, man, that sand. Oh. <laughs> yes, I have to admit, the sand was not my best part. I hated the sand. Yeah, it was awful. And having done very little, even I'd done most of the lead-up to that because I was trained for the first date and then sort of slackened off thinking, oh, they'll get cans again. Yeah. And then that run up the sand, my legs took weeks to get over that but it was well done it was yeah. really good um yeah. no. we had a good weekend down there so. yeah no no we enjoyed it as well i went with a friend and hopefully you know more more opportunities for races like that to go ahead will help to generate um just more of a following for the sport in new zealand um, i'd love to see it gaining more momentum for sure oh, yes yeah and and that's one of the things i was going to have a chat to you about because we as part of the um new zealand obstacle sports association are trying to build um, the sport here with working with um, event organisers and everything like that. But one of the things we have noticed is trying to get women's involvement and kids' involvement. Everyone says, yep, 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 but it's how to build that. So yes. any ideas you have on that, oh, we'd be keen to, to oh, have yeah. input. We should totally chat. I, I would love to nut out some ideas with you. Um, I'm super passionate. So for me, like that, my journey back to strength or even to strength, I don't think I was ever strong really when I compare it to pre-children. 
Um, but that has just been such a game changer for me personally and as a woman and as a mother and as an example to my children, like that women, you know, can be strong and, and do things. I'm super passionate about others being able to discover that for themselves. And so that I trained as a PT in 2019, um, did my level four, five so that I can run classes and stuff and, and help people along that journey. But yeah, I'm so passionate about the thing with something like an obstacle course race is that you are doing it. You're not actually thinking about the fact that you are, it's not like you're going to a workout per se, you know, you are even in the training up for it, it's really different and it's really fun. And I think the minute you add elements like that to someone's journey to fitness, you're just going to have such a different result because they're enjoying themselves. And if you love it, you're going to keep doing it. So yeah, I have some visions and dreams of what I'd love to see, you know, happening as far as OCR and um, yeah, how, how to incorporate that in helping people discover strength and fitness. Mm. Yeah, totally we need to talk. <laughs> Well, we will, we definitely will. But uh, yeah, just on that, it is how many times it'd be interesting to get statistics from someone like Spartan and that, and how many people go to a race, their first race, and have signed up before they leave the car park for their second race. Because there is so many people I've met along the way, and they get to the first wall and no, nah, I can't do this. And and then at the end of the race, they they've got back with their friends. They're in the festival area and next minute they've signed up to another race in a month's time or something like that. It's a bit harder here in New Zealand, but yeah, that is hard in New Zealand because our races just aren't that close, close um sort of in succession. But yep, hundred percent. That was my experience totally. Mm. I was kind of like, this seems really hardcore. I don't know about mud, all of that heavy stuff. And then you just go, I did that, and man, that was awesome. And again, like you said, the camaraderie and the team vibe of people helping each other. It's just cool to have that kind of thing happening in, in society. So, yeah. It is. And and I don't know if you had a chance to listen to our uh, the one our uh, podcast we put out at the beginning of this week. They're the couple that are run the Alpha Challenge. And they said that right. they'd never had a um, done a Spartan race, and then someone convinced them and they all went over as a group to Australia and before they'd left to come back home, they had a group of, I don't know, 30 of them, and they were off to Hawaii to do another one and back to Australia. They come back here and they've set their own, the Alpha Challenge up, which is 11th of December in Wanaka, which hopefully will go ahead. Um, that would be cool. I'd love to go do that. I haven't heard of them, um, but I'll totally check out the podcast and, yep. and go see see what they're about for sure. No, they're, they're, it certainly sounds like it. That's their second race. Though. They had their first one. Last year, COVID sort of put a damper on the first year. So, of course, damper yeah. on everything, eh? Old COVID. COVID's Hopefully made it hard for for everything. Yes, it mm. certainly has. Hopefully, it's going to go away. I'm not sure how these red lights and green lights are going to work, but wait and see, eh? We have to wait and see. Wait and see. All I want to do is be able to get out of the house. Oh, I bet three months in lockdowns a doozy. Yes. Man, oh man. Let's not talk about lockdown. This, no. no so about... you're an ambassador for, for Xena Clothing. How did that come about and what do you do? Um, so when we did our first Spirited Women race, um, part of part of the winning kind of package was a, a Xenia um, clothing voucher. And so I was introduced to a world of fitness clothing with colour because prior to that it's all black you know women wear black we try and hide any bumps and curves that we think are unsightly and um the minute I 
I saw the website and the minute I put my first pair of Xenia clothing on, I was just sold. I was like, I love this. They're bright, vibrant, no one's hiding. They use real women and I loved what they stood for. So I think even that at the very first the very first time I saw Xenia clothing at the event itself, I, I remember going up to Chloe, the founder, and just kind of going, oh, look, you know, if you ever need somebody to wear your stuff, because I could just see I can vibe with this company. I, I just love what they stood for. And they were kind of like, who the heck are you? <laughs> and so I went away from that and just sort of slowly built my little collection up. And then they were doing an ambassador hunt and I applied and I was like, you know, this is where I've come from when I first met you to now. And so, yes, it's pretty cool. Um, I basically get um, to to help spread the word about um, awesome, awesome fitness wear that does what it should do without um, women having to feel like they need to hide and just embracing who they are and moving more and, you know, just loving themselves. And I love that. So, yeah, I'm very proud ambassador for Xenia Clothing. Yes, I must admit, I got a, a, a discount voucher at uh, an Xterra race. Did you? Uh, from, and I'm trying to think of a name. She's an ambassador as well. Um, Was it Eve? Could have been Eve. A, yeah, Eve. Eve, Eve. She was any rate. Um, so my wife's now got a pair of, uh, and they're the same. They're the only ones that have got any colour on. Yeah. The other ones, yeah. Lemon Lulu's totally. got might have a little white uh, Lulu signal, but that's everything else is pitch black. Nah, totally. And that's been the standard, I think until things like Xenia Clothing, um, companies like that have come forward and go, hey, actually, let's embrace who we are and live live a bit brighter and a bit better, and and I, I think that's cool. Did you feel gutted, though, because did you get the voucher from the exterior yep. race? <laughs> were you like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> I'll have you know my husband's put a pair on, and he did say they were very comfortable. So, you know, you could just try your work on and see how they go. <laughs> No, she's got a minute. She's trying to get some colour. She does CrossFit. She hates running, hates the mud. So she's into CrossFit. Um, but everyone, all the, all the girls that go there, all the women that go there are all black. It's uh, yeah. You hardly see any colour. So totally. they break into that, what do you call it, that domain there. Uh, yeah, totally. Well, we're trying to. And look, for some women, they just prefer black, and that's fair enough. But I definitely, if people are trying to hide and don't think they're good enough, I'm like, oh, we need to blow that out of the water. Like, you know, we need to know that we're enough right now today. So, yeah, big message there. Yes. Oh, that, that's good. Um, Powerful Peach Fitness, that's um, a gym that you – or is it a, just an online training? Yeah, so it's honestly like I used to run free fitness sessions. Um, I didn't, I kind of knew what I was doing, but kind of didn't. I thought I better, I better um, professionalize this and actually get some training under my belt, which I'm very glad I did because obviously, you know, fitness done wrong can be pretty bad. So, um, yep, I started up Powerful Peach Fitness after completing my um, personal training course. And um, it's really just so low key. It's mainly for local people. There's nothing really online. Sometimes I'll do a free online session during the holidays or whatever that anybody can access. But for the most part, just trying to help people in the local community, which is quite a small community. We live um, in a village of about 60 people. So it's not a thriving metropolis. We live in the village of Rorimu in the central North Island and National Park um, Township is just up the road, which has a, a few more people than Rodimu. Yeah. But, yeah, so 
where we yeah i just run sessions for people as and when they want and it's pretty cool so back onto ocr which is what we were talking about you um did you do the um spartan race here in auckland yeah yeah i did i did do the spartan race in auckland um what would i say about that i was sad that it was in a race course that made me a bit sad i was like oh man there's so many places in new zealand that would be phenomenal but of course yeah. taking it into account like spartans trying to crack into new zealand and they're trying to find somewhere central that most people can kind of access easily so i tried to be i tried to be gracious in my judgment but you know when i raced in austria i mean we raced up the side of one of the alps it was just like are you joking this is crazy so i was like oh new zealand's got so many better places than ellerslie Racecourse." but i, I still enjoyed the race so yeah. well you'll see that they've moved it from ellerslie and it's now going to be in barry curtis park oh i don't know uh, Barry, which curtis. is not it's a little bit better but not i'm not over i i would personally thought totra park or something one of the mountain bike parks would yeah. be better but yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you don't know. It's all Auckland um, tourism is part of the deal, so they've got, they're organising yes. your venue and everything. So, but yeah, that only came out recently that they're going to move it because they're redeveloping Ellerslie Raceway so that it's unavailable uh, for the time of the race next year in May. So, yeah, yeah. I'd mm. love to see one somewhere in Topor or you know by the oh. mountains. I mean, you know, <laughs> that would be so cool. But you know, let's give it some time and see where the sport goes. Definitely look up Alpha Challenge. You'll, I think you'll like that. Yeah, I haven't been yeah. down and done the challenge, but I know where where it is in Wanaka. Um, and their online photos certainly look pretty spectacular. Um, and the other one is Where Are Warrior. Have you heard of that? Oh, so I just read about that one after it had already taken place. But yes, I think that looks amazing. Yeah. Where Are Warrior. Yeah. And then there was another one that got cancelled recently was the Dash. And we're trying to work with those guys to encourage, uh, build their participation. But um, COVID has wrecked the Dash's last couple of years. Um, he he cancelled very recently because it was supposed to be last week, I think, or the week before. Oh, gosh. So, um, and a lot of the ones out of Wanaka and Queensland, they rely on Australians coming across because they can fly into Queenstown so easily. Yes, that's right, of course. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty massive with our borders closed to get the numbers you need for events to go ahead. It certainly is. It certainly makes it makes it hard. Um, what else to – what other obstacle course, other races or things like that have you done? Or? I'm just trying to think what else there is to add to that. I've done the Tough Mudder. Um, I only did that once, but I thoroughly enjoyed that. had some doozy obstacles. I did that one in Auckland, I think it was. Yeah, Auckland. At Hampton Downs. Yes, at Hampton Downs. And so I think it was like a half marathon with all that, pretty much like a beast, a Spartan beast. But I enjoyed enjoyed the obstacles and didn't like that it wasn't timed because I am that, like, I just even want to know for myself, like, what was my time? Um, but I loved that because it wasn't timed, the camaraderie vibe was, like, at maximum because – you know, even if people were racing for their own own watch, um, the general vibe was like, actually, it doesn't really matter. So we can really relax. Whereas other races where I am entering into either age group or if I ever dare to enter elite, like clearly I'm, I'm trying to do my my absolute best. So, um, yeah, you don't get as much time to help each other or you're not even allowed to. So it's it's nice having races where that's the focus. So, yeah, I did enjoy that. 
I must admit, I signed up to the Elite in uh, Ultimate Athlete at uh, Mount Monganui uh, by mistake, but <laughs> I got down there because they said all everyone I was going with there saying, oh, we're racing about 10 o'clock. And I go, no, no, I'm starting earlier than that. You sure you got the time right? Yep. I go down there and they said, you've signed up for Elite, you know. And I went, mm, okay, this is going to be fun. <laughs> so did you race Elite or did yeah. they... Oh, well, I've got an elite T-shirt and everything like that. I, was, I would have uh, watched you racing because I had a friend running in the elite. So, okay. um, yeah, I was there <coughs> watching the elite start. And I did have FOMO, but I keep thinking, oh, man, I just need to up my training if I'm going to really gun it um, against some of these athletes. I mean, we're talking athletes, not, oh, not yeah. who've come into the picture at, like, 40. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, yes, I know most of the uh, top finishers had... Uh, Finished before I done my, got round to that begin my second lap. Once I got off the beach, I was like, I hated that beach. Yeah, the beach uh, was beach was awful. I agree. So I have got to do some. Well, I was going to start for over but now I'm not sure I'll, I'll carry on with that. But do some beach running. But um, trying to find some soft sand around Auckland where we can stay within our little bubbles is yeah. harder too. Is that, um, you, you probably can't find a playground with a sand pit, can you? In that? No. <laughs> Well, and even if all the ones around here, uh, we're around yeah. close. They've all got fences around them now. They went and fenced them all off. So. Oh, my goodness. So to yeah. stop people from, from using them. Funny. Yeah. Could you just get some in your backyard? Turn your backyard into a sand pit. <laughs> Dog would love that. <laughs> I don't know the rest of the family would. But... I'm sure there's got to be a way to train for the yeah. sand. I'm going to go and look that up. I'll see if I can find some pearls. Oh, there's some beaches out south, uh, down um out west, north, uh, Bethel's Beach, and they've got some big sand hills and everything. But you can't get there, but can you? Yeah. Uh, I think we could probably stretch the limit now, but um, well, just wait a while and yes. and see what happens. Um, because at the moment, it looks like the GOAT will be the next sort of event that I have this year. If uh, UA is about, I think it's the last one that hasn't been cancelled. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Watch, watch that space. When's the GOAT? Is the GOAT? Late this year or early next year? It's early next year. It's um, Australia Day weekend. Okay. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> no one else knows. but <laughs> No one else knows. Oh, no, no, the group of guys I go down with, they all know because I make sure I tell them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Australia Day. <laughs> yeah. um, so we have a couple of questions we ask at the end. Yeah. Uh, so is there any questions you would like me to ask that I haven't asked that you want to bring up? Oh, I didn't. I'm not prepared for that. No, I think I think I've shared pretty much everything that's kind of yeah, I'm passionate about as far as the sport goes and a bit of my history. So yeah, I think that's all good. And the other one is really out of left field. If you could have coffee with any person in the world, dead yeah. or alive, who would it be and why? Oh, can I have two people? Okay. <laughs> The first one's purely because of this whole palaver with COVID. My mother is in the Czech Republic at the moment. For the foreseeable future, I just don't know when I'm going to see her next in person. So I would love a cup of coffee with my mum for obvious reasons. Aside from my mother, I think I'd have to say, and I look, I feel like this is a cliche, but probably Jesus. I just think... You know, I reckon that was a pretty wise guy and I'd like to just sit and listen to some wisdom coming from that guy's mouth. I think that's who I'd have coffee with, okay. if he drinks coffee. If he drinks coffee, <laughs> yes. Not sure it was around them days. No, I don't know. Anyway, he'd probably just, you know, turn water into wine or something while I had a, had my flat white. But, yeah, quizzing, quizzing him would be pretty cool. 
Okay, so uh, where can people get get in touch with you? I'll put your um, Instagram and Facebooks on the notes, but is there any email or any other way people can contact yeah, you um, that you want? So my, my email is not a very professional one. It's just my personal one, but if people want to, they can email me. It's H-A-K-Y, number eight, K-E-N at hotmail.com. Such an old email. Um, but otherwise, yeah, you can personal message me through Facebook or through um, Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that. And um, we will chat again soon. Bye.